Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, Falcoholics. What is up? Welcome to episode 201 of the Falcoholic Live. I am your host, Kevin Knight, here to bring you my takes from day three of Falcons training camp, the first day open to the public. Uh, There were a lot of fans there, despite it being, once again, oppressively hot and humid today. Luckily, the thunderstorms held off until this afternoon. Uh, So that's a good thing. There may be more storms in the forecast tomorrow. We will see. Uh, Hopefully they will hold off long enough for practice to take place for the fans. Uh, Regardless, I'll be following the team if they have to go indoors. But I was told if you are planning to go tomorrow, they will not cancel practice unless there is lightning. They will practice in the rain if it's just rain. If there is lightning, however, they will have to move it inside. So you know, take uh, take that into your consideration when planning. Check the forecast before you leave because there could be storms, but the, the hope is that they will hold off t- uh, tomorrow. But on the topic of the Falcons' play on the field, not the weather, uh, it was a good day. Uh, this was a very, I would say, entertaining practice, probably owing, of course, to the presence of fans being live at Flowery Branch. Uh, the team did their first sort of extended session of one-on-one drills. Uh, So that was nice to see, get to to watch a lot of these guys go up and and compete one-on-one. There was a particularly good rep from Kyle Pitts and Richie Grant, where you saw Richie Grant break up a pass uh, intended for Kyle Pitts, which is obviously exciting to see. I know a lot of people are really hoping for big things from Grant. And of course that play was another great example of, of him really coming on and having a strong uh, a strong camp so far, you know, a little bit quiet on the first day, but otherwise strong uh, and very encouraging. And that continued today. Absolutely. With the defense as a whole playing quite well. Uh, once again, being the, the better of the two sides, not to say that the offense was bad. Just, I think that the defense worked out to be, have more successful plays versus the offense and the defense did win this sort of like competition at the end where there was sort of like a mixed group of, starters and reserves Ritter was the quarterback for example but there were some starting uh receivers and things like that mixed in and uh, the defense held him to a three and out they forced a sack coming from uh undrafted nose tackle Timmy Horn who got the sack almost immediately you know sack quote-unquote like he was in Ritter's face and they blew the play dead there's no full contact and you don't really sack your quarterback in training camp it's a big no-no but it would have been a sack in a live game situation absolutely uh, defense got pressure on another play too that forced a check down. Um, and honestly, the offense bounced back in that final session on the final play. I think they were they would let them sort of go and try to score, but the defense forced Ritter into a third and long. Uh, Ritter was able to buy some time on that final third and long play and was able to get the ball out to uh, tight end quarterback extraordinaire Felipe Franks, who made a great catch and 
Franks almost got there. He was very close to the first down marker, uh, but he did not get there, and that was it. The defense held the offense to a three and out. Maybe in a live game situation, they would have gone for it. They did not let the the offense go for it there. Um, So that was impressive by the defense. It was good. The, The coverage was smothering once again. The run defense, I think, was better today. Uh, over like overall it was better than yesterday um they shut down they shut down the running game for for large large swaths of practice and sort of take take from that whatever you want because it's no full tackling they sort of blow plays dead as soon as defenders get within like arm's length or they lay a hand on guys so like a lot of people are asking me about tyler algier for example and you know it's hard to sort of evaluate a player like tyler algier in this situation because let's be honest like he is a tackle breaker he's a physical style of running back those guys aren't going to look good in this sort of limited contact no pad situation so for those of you really looking to see like seriously what's going on with with Tyler Algier I would sort of focus your attention more on the padded practices which will start on Monday by the way Arthur Smith did confirm that so you don't have to wait too much longer to get a glimpse, I think, at the true power of guys like Tyler Algeo, for example. Um, but for now, you know, it, it's sort of hard to evaluate. And those speedier backs are going to shine more on the early part of training camp. Um, all right, guys, give me one second here. I'm going to send a tweet. What's up, Robert Kelly? Anthony White, what's up, man? I do see your question. I will get to that in just one second. Let me just send out a tweet. You know, you guys like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, really appreciate everyone coming and hanging out tonight. I know there was short notice for the show. <laughs> I wrapped up the uh, the notes like ten minutes before eight. I was like, all right, I gotta I gotta do this on time. You know, everyone's expecting this right at eight. But uh, thank you for for showing up early, right after I posted it. You guys were just waiting. Uh, so one second here. Okay, there we go. That's it. I promise. That's that's the last tweet. That's the last tweet. We won't be interrupted by tweets anymore. I promise. Um, but yeah, guys, do appreciate everyone for hanging out, coming in tonight. Let me get to uh, Anthony White's question here. Anthony White says, hold on. Hopefully that's not like incredibly loud on the recording. Um, what's good, Kevin? Uh, it's all good, man. Uh, appreciate that, Anthony. Uh, doing good here. Uh, have you seen any of Marlon Davidson? If so, is he moving well? Thanks for what you do. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Um I have seen Marlon Davidson mixing in with the first string. It's honestly very difficult to evaluate these guys. Um, These trench players right now with with this limited contract situation. um, Limited contact situation. Unless it's like a super obvious sack, they don't blow the play dead usually. Um, They do sometimes blow the play dead for time, but that's more of a coverage thing. So like... It's hard to evaluate like how, I mean, I would say that Marlon Davidson looks like he's moving around just fine. He looked like he looks healthy. Um, this isn't like the best way for, for the best time to sort of evaluate that trench play. Honestly, you don't really get a great look at it until the preseason, because to be honest, they don't want these pass rushers going full steam against the quarterback. Like they don't want anyone to hit the quarterback, even in full contact. There's no, there's not going to be sacks. Like they will wrap up, you know, that they're not, you can't knock the quarterback down. It's a big no-no. So it's not like the best time for these guys to shine the pass rushers. Um, I will say the pressure overall from the defense was a lot better today. It was noticeable mostly against the like second team unit. Um, I'll talk about the first string offensive line. It was a different combination again today. Um, 
I thought that the first that combination, which I will talk about, I promise, I thought was better, uh, like the best one we've seen so far. But overall, I think the pressure was more consistent from the defense, um, and they they looked good. Uh, D'Angelo Malone, Bryce Rogers, the UDFA defensive tackle, and Timmy Horn, the the UDFA nose tackle. In that final session, I was talking about all those guys were big contributors that helped the defense win uh, at the end. So that's sort of an update on on Marlon Davis. He's been working with the starting group, sort of the one two group. Um, so it, it you know he looks good. I, I don't I haven't seen any sort of concerns about him. But again, it's just like it's not a great situation to to give these guys credit, you know, for what they're doing. Um, it's hard for them to stand out right now. We're gonna get a better look at the skill position guys, the corners and the receivers, and to some extent the running backs and the pass catching running backs and the pass catching tight ends. They'll um, that's, this is the time for those guys. Uh, and then as the pads come on next week, we will get a better look at these trench players. Um, I understand everyone wants to know about the trench players. I want to know about the trench players. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's, you can only learn so much from like not full contact sort of practice situations. Um, good question though, for sure. Um, we got Gurpal Singh. Uh, what's up, man? Welcome back. He says, uh, want to know about Drake London? today uh drake was good again today i mean it wasn't like yesterday yesterday he was the star like he was just the dominant player of the day which is great to see he was good today still um he definitely had a number of good catches he was clearly one of the best receivers there i would say brian edwards had the catch of the day if you've seen my uh timeline my clip of of edwards versus darren hall it was a terrific throw from Mariota. hall had really tight coverage Mariota put it in the perfect spot edwards adjusted to it came down with the ball um edwards had a very good day today as well um so those were i would say the two best sort of receivers like pure receivers um i was very impressed by by their play and london did have a good day i w- it wasn't as good as yesterday where he was like the number one offensive player basically uh but it was it was good it was good all right we got Corey Carter heard that uh, welcome back Corey appreciate you man heard that Grant Richie Grant was holding his own against Kyle Pitts today he was man um you know I would say that that pass that he broke up in the end zone was like slightly underthrown but I mean a lot of people were like dunking on it like the pass was bad like no I mean I, I think the pass was fine Richie Grant really did close on it well and play the ball really well um you know I think as Mariota uh, Mariota I'm still doing the Mariota thing what I'm gonna do is, is Marcus Mariota. That's that's what I got to do to get to get this down. Um, because now, unlike before, when I would never run into the guy, I do have to like see him every day at practice. So if I butcher his name, like he will know. Um, but uh, yeah, Marcus Mariota, as he gets more comfortable playing with Kyle Pitts, I think that that where to put the ball, like he knows he can put it a little bit higher, you know, a little bit further out because Kyle Pitts has that tremendous sort of insanely big catch radius so he can put it out there a little bit more than he would for like 90 plus percent of receivers Kyle Pitts can go get that that could give him a little bit extra space against DBs that are good and playing tight coverage um I think that's something that's going to grow and evolve as they get more reps together um but yeah Grant was definitely impressive today and Corey also asked about uh, Elijah Wilkinson and that's a good opportunity for me to talk about this offensive line grouping like I said it, it was a different combination once again today uh there have been three different combinations so far uh one second I'm getting a little you know a lot of words coming out not a lot of liquid going in so one second here when I got on on, on here which hopefully we'll be back to starting tomorrow 
you know, it's, it's easy because I can like take a breath and have someone else, you know, talk for a few, you know, 20, 30, 40 seconds, you know, it's easy to do, but when it's just me, it's like constant go, 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 um, trying to get as much information out as possible in a short period of time. So thank you guys for your patience. Um, <clears throat> so the, the combination today was Jake Matthews at left tackle, uh, Elijah Wilkinson once again at left guard. So it's two straight days of him playing left guard. Drew Dahlman was back at center. So now Dahlman has been the starting center for three or two out of the three days. And there were no other changes. So really the only changes so far have been at left guard and center. Uh, right tackle has remained Caleb McGarry for all three days. I believe we'll see Jermaine Fetty at some point. I don't know when or how. It seems like maybe that's the most secure of the three battles, which I'm surprised by. But it could also be that they're just trying to do sort of one revolving door at a time. Like they don't want to... Revolving three guys at once is a lot. That's a lot of moving pieces. So it, I think to me, it does make sense if they're trying to do like, we're going to rotate the, the left side sort of first, figure out maybe at least center. Um, and then once we've got that figured out, we'll start rotating right tackle. So that at least there's some level of stability out there. And like, I think it's smart to only switch around one guy at a time too. Like Elijah Wilkinson stayed in and then Drew Dahlman went back in. Um, so it, they only really changed one player from day to day. That'll help limit too much mixing and matching and like losing out on uh you know just you want to get some level of chemistry with these guys and i would say that i thought i thought this starting group this starting five was the best um was the best group in terms of you know i i, I thought this was the best combination so far i thought they looked better in pass pro in particular um and then you know the run game sort of struggled today it wasn't like it was bad i think the first team line did open a few holes i the defense shut it down pretty well otherwise um but I, I think this was the best the best group in my opinion so far we'll see if that continues uh and, and how much more shuffling they do or that sort of thing but so far um you know i like i like this group um did mayfield have to run to a false start penalty it, i don't know if it was mayfield it, it may have been him i didn't I didn't get a great look at who actually false started. Someone definitely did false start, and Arthur Smith was really upset. Um, and uh, he made him run off the field, I think. But I, I didn't honestly get a great look at the numbers. I, I believe it was I believe it was an offensive lineman of some kind. I, I don't know. Um, but definitely something to monitor. Uh, I, I don't know for sure if it was Jalen Mayfield. If someone reported that it was Mayfield, then maybe they saw it and I didn't. Could be. Um, but I can't say personally that I saw Mayfield do it. Um who do I want to start on the offensive line? Um, I guess I would say, you know, uh, I have to see more from Wilkinson. I mean, in an ideal world, like, say, that, like, every guy that is that I want to start is actually good. Like, I would like Jalen Mayfield to start if he's actually improved. Um, like, if he's improved, I think Jalen Mayfield is the guy they want to start. It's the guy I'd want to start. He's young under contract, you know, for a very, very affordable price tag for three more seasons, you know, got a lot of developmental potential. So if Mayfield's good, I would want him to start at left guard. Um, at, you know, where I really wanted to see the changes was, was kind of more at right tackle. I, I sort of like the pass protection ability of Jermaine Effetti a little bit more than I like Caleb McGarry's run blocking. That's just my opinion. But again, we will have, okay, if Rothstein said it, then I would trust that that is what happened um, for sure. I, I personally didn't see it, but 
Rothstein's not going to say it unless he saw it, I'm sure. So um, he's got binoculars, so sometimes he can see the numbers a little bit better than me. Um, so if, if Rothstein said it, then it probably was Jalen Mayfield. So, you know, maybe maybe Elijah Wilkins starts, a, uh, you know, another day. You know, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a good group. I, 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 I would want – I guess I would, like, want Mayfield to start if he's good. That would be the qualifier. Uh, at center, uh, I'm really torn. I want whoever's better. <laughs> um, you know, I – I am a fan of Matt Hennessy. I was a really big fan of his coming out of the draft. I, I think he is, he does, he's a good player. I'm hoping that he will be a good player. I don't really have a strong preference between Dahlman and Hennessy. I think they're, they both look like good players to me. They both look, I think they can both play center at a above average or better level at the NFL, but we just have to see who, who wins it. So that one I'm really sort of agnostic on. And then um, right tackle, I was pulling for Jermaine Fetty. So that would be, um, where I'm leading there. That's the one that I was really hoping to see the big change at. I, you know, I would be open to a free agent addition at left guard too. Like Eric flowers. I would love that. I think he'd probably be better than anything that Mayfield could muster. Cause he was like a, a, I don't know, top 15 guard last year or something like that, according to PFF. So, you know, that would be a big upgrade, but short of that, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. I literally just finished finish these notes so i gotta i'll look through it real quick to make sure that i get everything some i know guys are asking about the linebackers and that does bring me to my second biggest point which was that uh troy anderson was you know everyone's hoping to see stuff from troy anderson right second round pick perfect 10 ras he's a flashy sort of guy this is the t- part in camp where i think he could really stand out and honestly like it like this he did like this was his day like he he stood out in a big way he got to work with the starters a little bit he mostly works with the three, four sort of reserve group, but he does get reps with the starters too. Like not a lot, but some, um, and he was out there making plays with the starters for sure. Uh, Marcus Mariota was able to use his legs a lot, a lot more today. I wonder if they were encouraging him to do that or sort of saying like, okay, you can do that today. Um, and Mariota was, quite effective with it i would say you know i don't think the team was used to defending that especially the veterans on this team that are used to covering matt ryan's scrambles uh he just matt ryan didn't run in practice he, that's just not something he was going to do um so uh, mariota escaped uh he sort of it was a passing play it was designed passing play uh mariota didn't really see anything open so he sort of left the pocket and then he saw a big running lane um, and took off. And it was going to be a touchdown. But then you see Troy Anderson, you know, if you were watching it on, like, tape, you would just see, like, Troy Anderson come from out of the frame and, like, track him down and stop him. And he limited it to, like, I mean, it was hard to gauge the exact yardage. It was probably like a 30- or 40-yard run, which is still really good for, for Mariota. But um, that was impressive, obviously. Uh, you can see, you know, Mariota's a fast quarterback. Like, he ran in the four low 4-5. Four so this is a very fast quarterback. Um and and Anderson gained on him fast and, and, and was able to track him down. So that's really impressive. He was also really darn good in coverage. Uh, like he, you know, Tyler Algier is who he was covering on this play. And I would not say that Tyler Algier is a particularly difficult assignment in coverage for someone like Trey Anderson because Algier is not the fastest or the biggest or whatever. I will say that Algier has good hands and the ball was thrown very well by Ritter. It was right where it needed to be. But Algier just, or excuse me, Anderson just smothered it. Like, Algier had a step uh, and Ritter threw it, 
And then Anderson shut, like, closed it immediately and just sort of, I mean, he was just so, like, overwhelmingly big and tight in the coverage. Like, there was just no chance for the completion. Like, he just sort of smothered it and knocked the ball away easily. Um, and that is that is what he can do in coverage. Against running backs, he's going to be, he's too big. And he's honestly going to be faster than, like, 90% of running backs. Uh, he's, he can smother them, you know, if he gets, if he get on those deep plays, like you're just, he's going to take away that, that part of the offense's game. You're not going to be able to get away with that stuff with Anderson in coverage. Um, and then against tight ends, which he didn't work against as much today. He did work a little bit. He got a play against Kyle Pitts a couple days ago, uh, that I thought was like solidly covered, you know, considering, um, but against tight ends, like he's just faster than them. Um, He's faster than Kyle Pitts, too, like, technically, by 0.02 of a second. So not meaningfully faster, but in the same tier, I guess you could say, in terms of speed. But the vast majority of NFL tight ends do not run in the 4.4s. Uh, they run in, you know, the fastest ones run in the 4.5s. So um, Troy Anderson is going to be able to keep up and smother those tight ends as well. You know, he's not as big as them, necessarily, so that advantage isn't as pronounced but he is a big linebacker. He's like a 6'3", 250 linebacker. So this is not a small linebacker like a Deion Jones that's going to struggle to cover those tight ends because they have a size advantage. He's sort of, and that's why they drafted him in the second round. Like he is a, a perfectly sized, elite, unique athlete that can erase the the opponent's tight end or running back, which everyone's most dangerous in coverage. Um, the run game stuff is going to have to develop. Like this is a guy that... It's coming from Montana State, an FCS team, a good FCS team, certainly, but um, the the finer points of playing linebacker are not there for him yet. They will get there eventually, I imagine. This is a guy that has played three positions so far, been an all-conference player at each one. I'm confident in his ability to learn a position and play it. Um, that's something that he is clearly able to do. The NFL is a different beast. It's more complicated. There's a lot more that goes into playing defense. Uh, at the NFL level, but again, this is, he's a very talented player, I think he's very smart, so it's sort of, when do you think it's going to happen? Do I think it's going to happen week one? No. Um, do I think it's going to happen by midseason? There's a chance, and do I think it's going to happen by the end of the season? I, I think Troy Anderson will be playing by the end of the season on defense, for sure. Um, will he be playing, like, super well? I, I don't know, um, but in, in terms of his ability to impact the game in coverage, I think he will have a role there as soon as he's ready. Um, and it's just hard to keep athletes like that off the field. And, and like what we're saying about Desmond Ritter coming in once this team is eliminated from the playoffs, I guess if they are, you know, but they probably will be. And when that happens, like I think that that would be obviously a good time to insert some of the young guys that aren't necessarily getting reps. And, and Anderson is another example of a guy that probably would get a chance to play a lot in that scenario. Um, because as much as this coaching staff seems to like guys like Rayshon Evans, who so far has been like the the starter that started the most at linebacker, I would say. Like he's played the most snaps of anyone at linebacker. Um, and Nick Kwiatkowski has certainly been factoring in. Michael Walker's been factoring in. All three of those guys have played a lot of snaps with the starters. Um, you know, Anderson is is going to mix in there. And, and those guys on the one-year deals, you know, your, your Nick Kwiatkowski's and your Rayshon Evans, you might like those guys, but those guys, they may or may not be back next year. And Troy Anderson is a, a long, long, long-term fixture for this team if he works out. So they're going to get him in there as soon as he's able to contribute. And it could be pretty early. Um, so great day from Anderson. Everything I've wanted to see so far. This is the, this is the time in camp where he's going to 
impress and look really good. Uh, you know, no pads, not really full contact. He doesn't really have to actually break down and make a tackle. You know, and, and like the angles aren't great for him. But when you're when you're that athletic, you don't have to have a perfect angle. Like he he has a cheat code. Like in the NFL, you have to either be really smart and instinctual at linebacker, which is how some guys do it, or you have to be really athletic. And if you're really smart and instinctual, you're a step ahead of every one even the athletic guys because you just you you read the play you know what's happening you have that sort of sixth sense you just know the game so well you're so experienced you can react before normal people can react and you can get there earlier but when you're super duper athletic to the level that troy anderson is like you could be a step late and still catch up to stuff because of how explosive you are and how fluid you, how fluidly you change direction how much range you have um it's a cheat code. So when you're when you're that athletic, it's really hard to say, well, you can't do this if you don't have good instincts because you know that instincts are required. And instincts are really important, certainly, especially against the run. But again, when you're that athletic, the sky's the limit. Who who says how much you do? He needs to develop some level of that, but how much he needs is probably lower, I guess is what I'm trying to say, than a mediocre athlete or even a good athlete at linebacker he doesn't need as much of that to get on the field because of how athletic he is. Like, he can overcome mistakes. He's got a bailout. He's got a trump card because he's so damn fast. <laughs> you know, so big and so fast. Like, he can he can make plays that others can't. Um, so that's that's where we're, we're at with Troy Anderson. Very encouraging so far, certainly. Yes, Laney Gums asked, when's the first pad of practice? Everyone has said that it is Monday, and that's correct. Arthur Smith confirmed today that the first pad of practice will be on Monday. So we got that to look forward to for sure. Um, quick interlude here to remind you guys to please like and subscribe. Really appreciate that. Uh, if you're so inclined, you can help donate to the training camp fund. Um, I really appreciate that. Uh, I do have to pay out of pocket for all travel expenses. Uh, my travel is not covered. Uh, but it, I, in my opinion, training camp is too important. Like, I, I don't care. You know, I, I got to get down here. I got to cover it. It's important to me to bring the coverage to you. I think it's important for my career to do it. Uh, so I just sort of have to fund it. And, you know, shout out to Dave Choate, who is going to do his best to get me some funding. Maybe even out of his own pocket, you know. Uh, and I'm not trying to call out, you know, anyone or our shadowy corporate overlords or anything like that. But, you know, we're, we're not getting our travel covered. So I do depend to some extent on you guys. Uh, and you guys have been terrific. The, the support has been awesome. So, you know, if you're, if you're interested in doing so, the link to that's in the show description, uh, streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic slash tip. If you need a link, let me know. I'll throw it in the chat. Uh, you're all, you can also help support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash falcoholic live. Uh, that will get you access to ad free, high quality versions of all the podcast, uh, all the, the live show recordings. Uh, they come out earlier too than the podcast feed, usually the night that the show airs instead of the morning after, um, so if you're really into the podcast, uh, you get benefit from the Patreon too. You get access to live Q&A sessions exclusive to patrons. And of course, the big seller seems to be the fantasy, the patron fantasy leagues, which are filling up. Uh, obviously, there's no limit. You know, it's I say filling up because we have a lot of people interested in joining. But if you're interested in getting in, we will find a spot for you. All tiers have access to the fantasy league. So you could sign up anytime between now and I think... Week one of the preseason is probably the latest you can do it and still get in because we're probably going to have the drafts the second week of the preseason. Um, but thank you guys so much for all your support. Uh, and if you don't want to donate, that's totally fine. 
this stream will always be free. Content will always be free. Uh, I'm I'm trying to keep the ads off the channel. I think YouTube's putting them on anyway, but what can you do? Um, and uh, we just appreciate you guys. So if you don't want to donate, maybe you could donate your like and your subscribe. That would be very helpful as well. So thank you guys. Um, all right. Uh, DK, what's up, man? Welcome. Welcome, DK. First time joining in. Shout out to him. Um, we did get a new patron too uh, yesterday. So I wanted to make sure to welcome Dan Daniel first as well uh welcome daniel thank you for for joining up man really appreciate you welcome to the club um yeah so moving on to the next take um and that is about marcus mariota uh I, I mentioned it you know earlier that he was running very well which is something we haven't seen from him so far in training camp but that sort of aspect of his game was unlocked today that was very impressive you could tell he's really fast tell he's a really good athlete um, but again, like my expectations for Marcus Mariota were to, that I thought he would be fairly average, that he would sort of keep the offense on schedule, um, that he'd be sort of mediocre. You know, that's what we've all been led to believe about Marcus Mariota because that's what the, the prevailing wisdom was, you know, oh, he was benched in Tennessee. You know, he's been a backup for two years. That means he can't possibly be a good quarterback, right? Well, I don't know about that. I would say to you, based on what I've seen over the first three days, which is my first look at Marcus Mariota. I haven't seen him in OTAs or anything like that. This is my first time being down here this year. Um, I, I've i been impressed, really impressed. Um, it, Mariota has been sharp. He's been in command. He clearly knows the playbook. He's comfortable. He's making reads quickly and, and efficiently. Um you know, and like, sometimes that means he's checking it down, you know, but a lot of these guys, when they get in this new system, they just sit there and hold the ball. They don't know where to go. They don't know how the play is developing, or they just start chucking picks. And like the, like I've told you, the Falcons coverage has been really good, but they haven't gotten a lot of picks. They, they, they have one so far in three days and you look around the NFL, right? And you see all these stories about, oh, these guys are getting all these picks. I think like the 49ers secondary has like six picks already and all this. It's not just about how good the defense is or how, how many ball hawks are in your secondary. That's part of it. The other part of it is that Mari, uh, Mariota, and to an extent, and Desmond Ritter too, like these guys are not putting the ball in harm's way. Like They are taking care of the football. They're checking it down when they need to. They're throwing it away when they need to, and they're scrambling when there's an advantage there. Um, and I would say that the defense overall has been better. Like They have limited the big gains in coverage. They've covered very well. And, and honestly, that makes me even feel better about how Mariota has done this because he's not getting desperate. You know, he's sort of taking what the defense gives him and, and looking really sharp in the process. And honestly, like, I, I I wouldn't say that, you know, it's hard to compare him and Ryan, right? Like, I think the only way you could do that is if Ryan was here and he was playing in the same situation as Ryan. But, like... I was expecting it to, to be, like, a huge drop-off. Like, oh, Matt Ryan's a pro's pro. He looks great. You know, Ryan also makes great decisions um, and doesn't turn the ball over in practice very often. Um, and, like, I was expecting more of a drop-off, I guess. And so far, I haven't seen as much of a drop-off. Ryan is a, a better passer. He doesn't offer the on-the-ground stuff, which really was only uncorked today, to be honest. Um, so I... I I guess the drop-off hasn't been as severe as I was thinking, and I think that should I think that should excite people that 
there is a chance, I think, and every every good practice that that Mariota strings together here, um, gives me hope that this is there is a legitimate chance that Marcus Mariota is a good starter here, uh, and you know better than expected. Like he's not the thirty first. I can I'm going to go on record right now and say that Marcus Mariota is better than the thirty first overall quarterback. I think he's going to end up a lot closer to twenty than thirty. Um, I don't think he's going to be a world beater. I don't think this offense is going to be great, but he's done enough so far that I think it gives me confidence that this offense is going to be watchable. It's going to be competently quarterbacked, maybe not quarterbacked at a super high level, but it'll be quarterbacked at a level that's not going to hold it back. Is it going to boost it up like Matt Ryan did so many times to a, a higher level? I don't think so. But I think it will be well run. And if Arthur Smith is a sharper play caller this year, if the weapons are in place, and most importantly, if the offensive line can hold up, this could be, you know, a, a you know, I, I hesitate to say decent, but like a, a passable offense, right? Especially if the running game gets going, that sort of thing. This could be closer to like the 20th best offense than the 32nd, which is what a lot of people are like predicting. Um, the quarterback play, I don't think, is going to be that bad. The question with Mariota, obviously, is the health. Can he hold up over the whole season? That I can't tell you. You know, no one can. Um, so if you're if you're worried, you know, about his health, that's understandable. That is always going to be sort of hanging over the team. That's why Desmond Ritter's here. Um, and on that note, moving the discussion to Desmond Ritter, like. Ritter hasn't been as good as as Mariota. That's why they, you know, quote unquote, named Mariota the starter yesterday or the day before, or whatever it was. Mariota is clearly a step above, but it's only one step. Like, I really, really like the way they're running the practice. Like, for all of the receiver drills, tight end drills, you know, tight end receiver drills, whatever. All the running back drills, the handoffs, the pitches, they have. Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota standing right next to each other, and they have the respective skill position players running their prescribed route for the drill in a mirrored situation. So this is the same route on either side of the field. And every rep, Mariota and Ritter switch sides. So over the course of, you know, they do it on one side of the field and they go to the other side of the field, do it in reverse. Over the course of that drill, Mariota and Ritter have thrown on both sides of the field the same amount of times and have thrown at least once to every single skill position player in the drill. Every one. So it's not like Ritter's stuck with the three fours the whole time, never throwing to Drake London, and that Mariota's not ever throwing to these depth guys or whatever. Like, they are making sure these guys get the same exact preparation. Um, and to be fair, like, when they do split to these the pods is what I'm calling them, like the one two starter pod and the three four depth pod. Ritter does play with the depth pod. Mar- Mariota plays with the starters. So when they do that, Mariota's getting those starters reps, which is makes sense because he is the starter. But when they're doing the drills, when they're doing team session, like full teamwork, Ritter and Mariota are basically interchangeable in the offense. And like honestly, I I wrote this in my article, like usually I have to look at the clip and look at the jersey to know who the pass is coming from because most of the time you can't just tell like it's not like Ritter's passes are terrible and Mariota's are great or vice versa um you know for the most part both guys are delivering the ball where it needs to be doing a good job um so it's not obvious necessarily who is is throwing the ball unless you look 
Um, I think that's that's a compliment. I mean it as a compliment. Like, um, and I think the team is is handling this the right way. And I think this is honestly why we haven't seen another quarterback at it because why change it? Like, why why mess with it? Right? You've got enough reps for these two quarterbacks. They both get a ton of work. Um, you know, they're they're both getting the same preparation. Why add a third arm into the mix? To just take reps away from from one of these guys, it's not necessary. Maybe in the preseason you want a guy to go get creamed in the fourth quarter, or whatever. Maybe they make poor Felipe Franks do it. I don't know, but um, I think it's really smart. I really like the way they're handling these two quarterbacks, and it it means it means that like if Ritter had to come in, he would be ready to go. Like this isn't like we have practice squad guy and starter, and that that will change during the season. To be fair, like when they when they have a very limited amount of practice reps, the starter is going to play with the starters, and the backup is going to play with the reserves. That's how it goes. You know, that's how it goes when you get into in season. But because they're both getting all this work in the in the the you know training camp and preseason. I think it's not really going to matter that Ritter's getting limited reps with the starters in season because he's got all of the background, all of the, the groundwork laid. So that that's sort of how I feel about that. I, I'm really complimentary of the way that they're handling that stuff. So take that take from that whatever you will. Maybe you call me a homer. Maybe you say I'm too negative on the team. You know, a couple months ago you probably would have said that. Um, but I'm just calling it like I see it. And so far I like, I've liked what I've seen from these guys. Uh, okay, hold on. i got to read this name. I don't, I don't know. There, It's all lowercase. You guys saw it pop up on the screen. It's all lowercase. So, is Sandy 40 or is Sandy Ford the fourth? Is San Differed the fourth? I don't know. Let me know uh, <laughs> what it's supposed to be. With the $20, though, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for all the training camp coverage, man. You're, you're so welcome. Thank you for, for tuning in. Thank you for your donation. Appreciate that. Um Evan, Kevin, how does it feel? It'd be awesome. It feels great, Evan. Thanks, man. Um, you know, we're gonna have to get you up here pretty soon, director of guest personnel. Evan, you know, Evan needs needs more needs more love, guys. If you come up to Evan on the street, make sure you shout him out, because uh, apparently people are shouting me out on the street. But Evan needs Evan needs the love too, man. Director of guest personnel. And Evan, while you're here, I honestly didn't get the guy's name. He he works for the Falcons. He's one of their video guys, I believe. Uh, Really wanted to give you a shout-out, Evan, and the show a shout-out for having Patrick DeMarco on. Um, he loved the episode. He loves Patrick DeMarco, uh, and he really, really appreciated that we had him on. Uh, he also appreciated that, you know, DeMarco was complimentary of the team, <laughs> obviously. But uh, he really appreciated that. I appreciated you getting him and all the other guests, so thank you, Evan. Thanks to Patrick DeMarco also for coming on. Um, all right. Let me scroll a little bit because I went on a bit of a tangent there uh, on the quarterbacks. But, you know, it's worth saying. It was worth saying. Um, if you guys have any questions, you can throw them in the chat. I, I try to get to some. You know, sometimes I go on a tangent. Um, if you have an absolutely burning question, like I said, you could donate at the Streamlabs link, streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic slash tip. That, the link is actually in the show description if you want to make sure you have the right one. Um, so... If you donate with a question, I am contractually obligated to read it. So if you have a, a question that you absolutely have to have answered, that's one way to make sure it gets done. But uh, also like and subscribe, you know, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, Jalen Horton, uh, Geronimo impressed. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Geronimo like looked good in his reps. He didn't get targeted extensively in like the team drills. But what I did notice is that he sort of graduated to the one-two starters group. 
or at least he was when he was doing the like the 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 team breakout sessions. I don't know if it's permanent. Um, and and Auden Tate went down to the three four group. I again, I think they're gonna rotate guys in and out. Um, I don't think it's it's permanent, you know, necessarily. Um, both guys did work with the starters, you know, in team work. You know, at the end of practice, you know, when they do the seven on seven and eleven on elevens, those guys all work the starters too. So like. I don't know how meaningful it is, but the Allison did get an opportunity to work more with the one and twos. I think that's a good sign for him, considering that you know he was a mini camp tryout just a couple months ago that they ended up signing. So that that's impressive work for him. Um, Corey Carter Hodge seems to be gaining momentum. Yeah, I mean, I would say that Kaderil Hodge has been absolutely solid. I think every day he's made like a handful of plays. He hasn't really been like standing out at the high end like Drake London. He hasn't necessarily been dropping a bunch of passes like. Frank Darby on day one dropped a lot of passes and drills, but he's rebounded and has been solid since then. You know, I'm not trying to dunk on Frank Darby, but like he hasn't been on one end of the spectrum or the other. He's sort of been right in the middle, which I think that's all he needs to do. Like he needs to be that wide receiver five level receiver and just do his thing on special teams where he might be the best special teams player on the team. So that's sort of where uh, he is. I think he's doing everything he needs to do to make the roster. Um, it's really just down to like, does Auden Tate keep rising and, and demanding that he's going to be the last receiver on the roster or do they just decide to keep six and be done with that whole noise. Maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, get, get me, uh, get me Ricardo Allen, Evan, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, Evan's right though. I think Allen actually does have a coaching role with Miami and they, they definitely won't let him talk to us during the season, especially, um, Joe Schmo, what's up, man? Joe is our resident uh, long-form commenter. Uh, always dropping the knowledge in the comments. Appreciate that, Joe. Uh, Joe really knows his exes and knows it's fun to, to read his comments every week. So shout-out to Joe asking, who's looked best at the nickel spot on defense? Yeah, Joe. Honestly, it's been Mike Ford, I think. And also, and to, to, to couch that a little bit, I think Isaiah Oliver isn't quite back to full speed. He is playing extensively. He is out there for all the reps, but he's still wearing his knee brace. I'm sure they're telling him to take it easy and all that. Um, and, and he's still working with the starters a good amount and all that. But there is a rotation there. Mike Ford, Isaiah Oliver, and then sometimes Darren Hall. I would say Darren Hall's playing more on the outside over the last two days, but he does factor into the slot sometimes. I, I've i been impressed with Mike Ford. I think our expectations for him for, were, our expectations for him were pretty low you know, thinking that he's probably like Kaderil Hodge, like mostly a special teams guy, a really impactful gunner, you know, kick coverage sort of player. So all he really needed to do was be like a serviceable depth corner. And he's getting a lot of reps with the starters. And I think he he's playing like well enough to definitely secure his roster spot in the slot. Like um, he's broken up some passes. He's been active. He hasn't really gotten burned or, or, you know, he's given up some passes too, but this is a guy that like is a, a sort of low end roster player. Um, or at least that was sort of the expectation. And I think he has, has really solidified himself as like a roster favorite considering we know what he can do on special teams. Um, you know, maybe the danger is that he plays too well, becomes the starting slot guy, and then he can't play special teams because he's the starting slot core. But, you know, I, I'm not worried about that yet. Um, all right. Uh, Ant White with the $20. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate that. Uh, he says, appreciate you doing your thing down in, in Atlanta with the coverage, Kevin. You're welcome, man. Appreciate that. He says, what good food spots have you hit up since you've been there? Uh, I've definitely been to Waffle House. I'm probably going to go to Waffle House again after the show. 
because uh, there's one like really close to my uncle's house here in Snellville. Um, so I, uh, you know, I'll probably hit that up again. You know, they're open late. It takes like two seconds. Like I went in there the other night and like I sat down at the counter and the, the cook took my order and was like, yeah, I'll get it to you in like three minutes. And so I was in and out of there in like a second. That's always nice. Especially considering like I have to get like for these public practice days, you know, pull back the curtain here. Like I got there at like 830 today and the lot was full. I had to park like an eternity away. So I'm going to have to get there. If I want to park in the media lot, I'm going to have to get there at like eight o'clock tomorrow. So I got to get up pretty early um, in terms of good food spots. I, uh, I've been to Buffalo Wild Wings, like, pretty much every day. That's not really, like, a local delicacy or anything. But the, the local, the, the, uh, the B-dubs at the, uh, Mall of Georgia is, like, 18 or so minutes from Flowery Branch, the practice field. Um, so I usually flee there to upload all my clips. Uh, the Wi-Fi is good, you know, and, uh, Buffalo, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings, fast break lunch, man. You know, that, that's good value. Those $3 tall beers, you know, hey, can't, can't beat that. You know, on a limited budget, considering, like I said, my travel is not uh, paid for. But Aunt Aunt White, you just bought me lunch, so uh, you know, thank you very much for that, man. Appreciate that. Um, I did go to a place. I think it was like Summit's West Wayside Tavern or Summit's West Side Tavern. It was just like a little local place. I think it was like in Lawrenceville or something, and they had like fifty taps on the wall, so that was cool. Um, that was that was a nice place, pretty low key. That other than that, it's basically been like B Dubs and. Uh, Waffle House, but on Sunday I'm gonna try to get someplace, and I think uh, I'm gonna go to Mooney's in um, Flowery Branch on Monday. I've heard that's good, so I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, if you guys have you know restaurant recommendations, I know people said the Varsity. Uh, I've been to places like I've been to like Bacchanalia and stuff like really fancy places before. Uh, my wife Caroline is from Atlanta. Uh, she lived here for a long time, uh, so I've I've been to a lot of these like places in Atlanta in the past, just not recently. Um, so, if you guys have recommendations, for sure, hit me up. I love Yaburger. I think it closed, though. There were multiple Yaburgers, I think, I think they closed. Um, maybe they're back open now. I don't know. Um, but that that was good. I really liked that place, too. So, we'll see. Um, all right. We got J- <clears throat> Jalen Horton asking, Do I think the lacrosse guy, a.k.a. undrafted wide receiver Jared Bernhardt, do I think he makes the team? It's going to be... It's going to be really hard for Bernhardt to make the 53. Um, honestly, I, ha- I haven't seen him getting any reps with the kick returners. They were like sort of pumping him up after the signing as like signing him to return kicks. I honestly haven't seen him return any kicks at all. You know, so we'll see if that changes. But I think they like him at receiver more now. Like they, they're like, oh, wait, this guy actually can play uh, receiver. So... I mean, I've been impressed. I, I think he's certainly done enough to sort of earn a practice squad spot consideration there. Um, I think making the roster would, would be pretty difficult for the aforementioned reasons that we're talking about. Like, oh, is Auden Tate or K- Kaderil Hodge, you know, these like vested veterans, are they even going to be able to make it? Like one of them might get cut. So at that point, you know, I think it's really hard. It's going to be really hard for any of these sort of depth receivers to make it. Um so I, I, it's nothing against Bernhard. I think he's had a pretty good camp so far, but um, I think he's sort of shooting for the practice squad, uh, and I, I think he's got a good shot right now. I would, I would slot him in there. You know, I've had to shuffle my squad predictions a little bit because Brandon Lenius got cut, um, and, you know, and just sort of now actually seeing these guys. And I, I would definitely say that I will have uh, in my next prediction, I will almost certainly have Bernhard in there as one of my uh, 
three practice squad receivers. He's been impressive. He has been good, like much better than you would think for a guy that's like barely played football before. So, um, Hal Snipe say, says, try slutty vegan. That does sound interesting. Uh, and shout out to Jeremy S. Uh, thanks heaps for the awesome training camp recaps. You're, you're welcome, man. He says, I am also from Australia. It's 11 a.m. right now. That's awesome. Uh, what, shout out to, to Australia. Uh, I haven't been there before. It sounds really cool. Uh, sounds like it'd be a good time. So, you know, maybe someday I'll hit that up. Maybe if the NFL ever has a game out there, I'll, I'll go hit it up. So, uh, welcome. Thanks for coming in, man. Um, let me get to the rest of my notes here. Um, we talked about the offensive line. Let me... Yeah, the running backs I did want to touch on. Um, not for the rushing, but for the pass catching. These running backs, extensive use in the passing game. Um, I don't, and I'll preface this by saying, like, I don't know how much of this is like there's no full contact. They know they can't really get a great look at the running game without full contact and pads and all this. So maybe they're leaning more towards using the backs in the receiving game because you can actually evaluate that a lot better right now, which would be smart. Um, it could also be a sign that they really are focusing on using the running backs in the passing game, which wouldn't shock me at all either because if you remember last year, obviously Cordero Patterson was a big factor there. Mike Davis caught a ton of passes out of the backfield. Um, you know, that he was, I believe, like the... In terms of, I'm going to look it up because I think he was like one of the team's like leading receivers in terms of actual catches. Yeah, Mike Davis was the fourth leading receiver on the team with 44 receptions. Coral Patterson was third with 52. Uh, so those two running backs were the, you know, third and fourth highest catches on the team. I don't think that will necessarily repeat itself. In ter- you know, Patterson's going to get a lot of catches, but we know he's more of like a hybrid guy. You know, I don't know if a running back is going to necessarily, other than Patterson, like get that volume of catches again. But like I will say that, that all of these running backs, like every single one on the roster, Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, Quadri Olson, uh, Caleb Huntley, you know, all of these guys have shown that they can catch the ball. None of them have had any drops as far as I could tell, like nothing egregious. Um, they've all caught the ball well. They're not all dynamic threats with the ball, I would say right now. Avery Williams has been the most impressive in that regard in terms of the guys you that you wouldn't expect. Like, you know, Coral Patterson, obviously, we all know what he's going to do. Um, but Avery Williams, uh, you know, this is a guy that's just started playing running back again. I think the last time he played it was like in high school. Um, he's come out and I think really impressed as a, a runner, like a, as a pass catcher. Um, they moved him into the slot. They you know, had him catch passes out of the backfield. He was operating as sort of a relief valve, like a a good running back should. I mean, he looks like a natural receiver and we know that he's very dangerous in the open field. He can make guys miss. He's really damn fast. I think he ran in the four threes at the combine. So this is a guy that he could be a very dangerous receiving option out of the backfield. Um, You know, the only thing with Williams is like pass protection. You know, the, his rushing ability, honestly, does it matter that much? I don't think so. Like, it would be nice if he could run the ball too. But, I mean, look at guys like Theo Riddick. This is like running backs that don't really run the ball that are just weapons in the passing game. They exist <laughs> and they can be very effective. Um, really, it's the pass pro, right? If Avery Williams is going to be a factor on third downs, he has to be able to pass protect. And I know Aaron Freeman mentioned in one of his special teams episodes that 
a path, a really strong and secure path to the roster for Avery Williams could have him could have him involved as the personal protector on punts um, as a way to sort of gauge how his pass blocking is coming along. And, you know, if, if he can, if he can be a good pass protector, he could be a good personal protector. Uh, and that can, that adds to his value because now he's a returner. Now he's your personal protector. Now he's a good pass blocker and receiver out of the backfield. All of a sudden you have a guy like, Oh, this is a guy that you're definitely keeping on the roster. Like he's doing a lot of things for you. He's very valuable. So that's, I think his path. Um, early on, I don't know how much he's actually going to play on offense, but it is a good sign that he's getting a lot of work out of the backfield in terms of catching the ball. And like, he's looked fine as a runner, but again, it's not full contact. I think Avery Williams is the kind of running back that, you know, could light it up early in camp and then disappear once the pads come on. I'm not saying that that will for sure happen or anything, but, um, you know, I would hesitate to really praise his rushing ability until we see what happens later in camp. Uh, and then the other guy I would mention, like Damian Williams, we all know he's a good receiver um, and he has looks like a good receiver and a good runner. So Damian Williams, if Algier should falter or if there should be an injury or whatever, Damian Williams looks like he's ready to to take on a significant part of the committee, a significant role if needed. I think that they will try to give those early down carries to someone like Tyler Algier, who, like I said, his running style is more likely to show up once the pads come on and we'll see how that looks, you know, in a couple days. Um, but I, I like what I've seen from all these running backs. They all look like they can catch, including Algier. Um, so that's a good sign, I think. And we're seeing a lot of movement with the running back too, which I like in terms of schematic stuff. Like they were motioning the running back to see, you know, the defensive alignment and what kind of coverage are they playing? That sort of thing. Um, and they were, you know, obviously with Patterson, we saw it. They would routinely motion out Patterson to play out wide. And that frequently put defenses in binds like, oh, are we going to... Because generally, a corner in certain calls, the corner is supposed to take the guy that's on the outside. Generally, that would be like an X receiver, right? But if you motion a running back, a fullback, a tight end, whatever, out to that final spot, not only does that give you a clue about what sort of coverage they're playing or what sort of alignment they're in, um, it also can oftentimes end up with something like, you know, their number one corner lined up on Key Smith or on a running back and then Kyle Pitts or, you know, Drake London gets the linebacker because of the way the defense is called. So those sorts of smart schematic things are what you can do if you're willing to be flexible with how you use your running back and then move them around that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see if that continues as well. Um, Brave Dirty Hawk with the $10. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Uh, he says, go get you some more beer, buddy. Love the coverage you're providing. And stiff harm Will McFab when you see him at training camp. Oh, Will, don't don't you worry, guys. I'm going to make Will run, all right? You know, I don't know if, if you guys see someone running around on the practice field, like on the sideline. That's me. Like, I literally run from drill to drill. Because these guys, like, these guys are quick. You know, they're, they're quick in terms of how quickly they get these drills going. Uh, they, they don't, you know wait for me they don't wait for anyone they're like they'll have a drill over here and then they'll like reconnect in the middle and then they'll like spread out to like multiple sides and you got to sort of be quick about which one uh you go to so I'm, I'm gonna make will run don't worry about that um all right i'm mad tom k not to be harsh but motioning players you know your skill guys should be standard in a modern offense you're absolutely right uh so, you know, I would think that they would be more standard. Yeah. yeah, also, you know, bots seem to like the idea of stiff-arming Will. I know, yeah, that, that definitely got me, me excited, too. So, uh, 
yeah, guys, like I said, please like and subscribe. I really appreciate everyone donating. If you're willing, if you're looking, you know, willing to donate, obviously, uh, the link to that's in the show description. Um, you can also join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash live. For the patrons that are here, I'm going to post about it, but I, I am thinking about a, uh, thinking about a, a Q&A session for Sunday, perhaps. Um, <laughs> George, you know, the bots are right there. You could just DM them, you know, they're, they're right there. Uh, welcome in George Costanza. Uh, happy to see George around. I know George has been really busy. One of the OG, I think the OG patron, uh, and one of the OGs of the show. So thank you so much for coming in, George. Uh, yeah. What are the, what are the bots takes on camp? I need to know. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to getting to meet up with Will and Adnan. Uh, we're going to have a good day out there tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I'll make those guys run. Don't worry. We're going to see how in shape all the, these guys are. You know, most of the media, they just hide in the tent, you know, when it gets hot. So, hey, going to have to uh, wake them up, right? <laughs> yeah, George, I mean, you are the opposite of every man that they've ever met, right? The girls. So I think I would use that line on them. I think that that worked pretty well for George Costanza and Seinfeld, right? So. Um, I've been watching the show, so I'm ready to do some Costanza jokes. I have been watching it. It's a great show. Um, yeah, guys, let me get to the rest of my notes real quick. Uh, no problem being late, George. I'm just happy to see you, man. Um, all right. Yeah, I mentioned Geronimo Allison playing with the first and second team. Um, I do have to shout out once again, quarterback tight end extraordinaire Felipe Franks. Uh, who had another good day, you know, defying all expectation. Um, look, Franks had a good practice. He, uh, like I said earlier in the show, like when, when they did their final sort of like team session at the end for all, for the whole, you know, who's winning all the marbles sort of thing. Um, the offense almost got the first down on third and long after a sack uh, by Desmond Ritter going to Felipe Franks on a deep pass and Franks got forced out of bounds just shy of the first down, but he had a big catch and run. Um, that was very impressive. Uh, and look, he's made plays every single day. The coaching staff clearly likes him. Um, they have said that he's going to remain listed as a quarterback. He's going to play some quarterback. He will get some quarterback reps, but going to play mostly tight end in camp. So I don't know if that means like he's going to play quarterback in the preseason. I imagine it does like until we see them sign another quarterback, it sounds like Franks is probably just going to get the reps, you know, in the fourth quarter or whatever, um, which I'm fine with. Like, why bother bringing in a camp arm that you know you're going to cut, right? Like, it's, there's no point. Like, a lot of teams do. Some teams have four or five quarterbacks in camp. Like, there's no way you can really evaluate all those guys. Some of those guys are just, they're just bodies for you. So, um, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I, I'm impressed, you know, with Felipe Franks. I think he's... He is working his way to roster favorite. Not just like I think he's going to make the roster, but like I, I, if he keeps playing like this, like he will be a roster favorite sooner than later. Um, so definitely impressed with Felipe Franks. Shout out to him. Uh, and even Kyle Pitts was complimentary of him today. He was, you know, someone asked like Kyle Pitts, like, hey, you know, Felipe Franks transferring to tight end. How hard has that been? And Pitts was like, I don't really think it's been hard for him at all. Like Franks is super smart. Like he's just a great athlete. Um, he's a quarterback. He already knows the offense. So it's really not as hard of a transition for him as you might think. Um, you know, it's just picking up the finer things for him and, and, and learning the mostly the blocking, I think. Um, and, you know, you can see it out there. Like, Franks is a terrific athlete. Um, 
he was like a, a really high-end athlete in terms of RAS at quarterback. I believe he was a very good tight end as well. Let me pull it up real quick just to see. But, um, you know, I, he's going to have a role in this team. Arthur Smith really likes these sort of receiving-focused tight ends, uh, which you might think is kind of weird considering he likes to run a lot of 12. You know, typically guys often like want good blockers out there and Arthur Smith does want one good blocker for sure like he always wants one good blocker but he really has a preference for these receiving focused smaller tight ends you see it with Anthony Ferkser you see it with Jonu Smith uh you know Michael Pruitt uh he has a type of guy that they that the Titans win after um and you know the Falcons also similarly like Braden Lenius was a guy like that John Rain is a guy like that. Tucker Fisk is a guy like that. So they have this type that they're bringing in. Um, and Franks seems to be the favorite of that group to, to sort of take on that role. Yeah, so like Franks at the Combine was almost 6'6". Great tight end height. 34-inch arms. 10-inch hands. Both great for a tight end. Uh, 4'6'1", which is actually a 93 percentile speed for a tight end. So when I was telling you guys about, you know, Troy Anderson being faster than, you know, all tight ends except Kyle Pitts maybe... Uh, like that's what I mean. Like a four six is a ninety three percentile speed for a tight end. Troy Anderson runs a four four two. So don't don't compare other tight ends to Kyle Pitts. Like Kyle Pitts is one of one. Um, you know, Troy Anderson is like drastically faster than the vast majority of tight ends. So, um, Franks though is a a very athletic tight end prospect. He's an eight one nine RAS at tight end. So, and that was when he was two thirty four. I would I think he looks more like two forty two forty five to me. Um, you know, I don't think he's like as thick as like a big, like, you know, John Fitzpatrick, definitely not as thick as Tucker Fisk. Tucker Fisk gets the thick boy award. Like that dude is absolutely jacked. He's a former edge rusher, I believe. So, you know, he knows how to, I'm sure he hits the weight room. Um, that's not gonna be an issue for him. Um, but talking about Fisk, actually, it was worth mentioning Fisk actually played quite a bit, uh, of fullback today. Um, so it seems like they're cross training him there. Similarly to John Rain, who was like is nominally listed as a tight end, but has mostly played sort of that fullback role. Um, and I think Fisk, I've heard that Fisk was doing a bit of that in OTAs as well from some people that have been paying attention. So um, that is something to monitor. Um, you know, I, I do think that Keith Smith's job is safe this year. Uh, you know, going forward, again, Smith is a veteran. He's a great special teamer. But keeping a pure fullback, you know, I don't know how long teams will continue to do that especially if you can get something similar from a tight end like hybrid player you know bringing in guys like John Rain and Tucker Fisk certainly makes you think that the team is trying to consider maybe going to a uh, an extra tight end as opposed to just a fullback um you know maybe Keith Smith starts playing tight end I don't know it's he's not he's definitely on the small side for that but um Fisk Fisk has made some I think he's caught the ball well he hasn't played a ton with the starters but I think he's caught the ball well and like I said he's absolutely jacked so uh you know that's definitely going to help in the blocking department I'm sure uh hard to evaluate that now like I said without full contact but um definitely something to to, to monitor uh we got Jason Gaines with the three dollars thank you so much Jason uh says, Kevin if you want some good bread and pastries made from scratch daily check out Great Harvest Bread in Johns Creek uh, two urban licks near the Beltline has really good food. I had their chicken and waffles on Sunday brunch. It was really good. I will check that out. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, guys, let me check to see. 
I'm getting near the end of my notes here. So if you guys get any final questions or any donations that are coming in, uh, get those in maybe in the next like five, 10 minutes or so, just so I can wrap up and, you know, get some sleep at some point, probably at the Waffle House. You guys know, you guys know how it is. Um, yeah, like I said, um, Drake London, Brian Edwards, I think were the top two receivers in terms of like most impressive days. Uh, you can check my feed for, for those catches. Uh, Edwards in particular had a great catch there. He had multiple good catches. Um, really impressed with how that's going. Uh, yeah, a lot. I'm getting a lot of questions about the punter. There have been no punts. Absolutely zero punts so far. I don't know what the hell Bradley Pinion and Seth Vernon are doing. But as far as I know, I have not. I have not heard a punt. They've used the little blaster, you know, the the kicking machine, the ball throwing machine that like shoots out balls for return. That's been the only returns they've done so far. They have not punted at all. I'm assuming that they're working with the long snapper, you know, working on that stuff. That's probably what they're doing. But I haven't actually seen any punts, and there haven't been any like full special teams drills where we've seen a punter, you know, involved. So. There's literally nothing I can report on the the, the punters because I haven't seen any plays. Uh, so you know nothing nothing to report yet. Again, like I think Bradley Pinion makes a ton of sense for this Falcons team considering he's the same exact age as Youngway Koo. So you, that makes sense in terms of this could be a long term duo. He's really good where Koo is not so good, which Koo's an excellent onside kick guy. His kickoffs have been consistently below average. He's not a great kickoff guy. Um, Bradley Pinion is one of like the top three, I would say, kickoff kickoffers. <laughs> I don't know. There's a place kicker, you know, I don't know. Whatever you want to call it, like kickoff specialists. Um, Pinion is one of the best consistently kickoff specialists in the NFL. So he really compliments Koo well in that area. He's been a... Whoa. He's been a largely above-average punter as well throughout his NFL career. Last year was a bit of a down year, but he was hurt. So, you know, I think you could probably easily tell yourself the story that, like, you know, Pinion was hurt. He'll he'll bounce back. Um, so I think that he has a leg up because he's a veteran, because he's great on kickoffs. And Seth Vernon is a very good, interesting UDFA. I, I think, you know, before they signed Pinion, I would have been comfortable with them just rolling with Seth Vernon because maybe he was that impressive. But it's going to be tough for Vernon to sort of supplant Pinion. Um, I do think they're likely to keep Vernon around on the squad. They they often, last year, they kept some sort of kicker player on the squad. Um, so I do think Pinion is going to win the job, but we haven't seen much yet. We probably will get our best look at that in the preseason. You know, hopefully it won't be like last year where we just, the player we evaluated the most was the punter, you know, for much of last preseason, unfortunately. But, uh, you know. It is what it is. Uh, George Costanza with the $10. Here's my donation for you to eat, to use to eat cookout, the best fast food restaurant ever. Get the big double tray, two beef quesadillas, and a cheer wine float. Put two ranch chicken wraps on the side. Best lunch you'll ever have. So good you might move here. Yeah, George, people were saying that to me uh, in Mobile, too, for the Senior Bowl to hit cookout. There was a cookout there as well. So I I will have to, uh, yeah, the ultimate, it sounds exactly like the place I would have gone to Nosh at like 3 a.m., uh, in college at UCF, I would always hit the steak and shake. That was like right around the corner from my uh, apartment. Um, so, you know, it sounds like a very similar vibe, except like you get like a ton of food. So, uh, definitely sounds good. Thank you so much, George. Appreciate that, man. Um, all right, let's see. Yeah. Um, Derek was asking about how the guy we signed from the Packers, Henry Black, the safety, how he's looking. 
I saw him like on like a handful of reps. Like he was out there for the drills. I don't think they've really like incorporated him into the team drills at all yet. Like this is a guy who got here like today. Like I'm sure he showed up to to the branch like yesterday evening, signed his contract, and like he's on the field working out today. And like that's how it goes in training camp. You're gonna have to get out there quick if you want to make an impact. But um, he was not like playing a lot in the team sessions to where you could really evaluate him. I do think he's like at least intriguing. He played 17 games for the Packers last year. He had some production and like under 300 snaps. So certainly someone worth keeping an eye on, um, but not anything really to go off of yet in terms of an evaluation, uh, in terms of his play. He usually, George says he usually gets a Heath Reese shake. That sounds pretty good too. Sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, I know there's been questions about the defensive line and the front seven. Um, you know, it like I said, it's, it's hard to, to evaluate the trench guys in like a serious way without full contact. Um, so I can't really speak to that. I mean, I could speak to the alignments. Um, it definitely seems like they, you know, they, they view Taquan Graham as one of the starters. He was out there pretty frequently with that starting group, especially in the base package. Same thing with like Ogundeji, um, playing mostly in the base package. Grady Jarrett was a fixture. Anthony Rush was the, the starting nose tackle entirely. Um, so I think that I like the look of that group, but again, it's hard to, to judge really at this point. Um, just cause we haven't seen that much from them, um, without, without full contact, hopefully Monday we'll get to see that like full contact. We'll get to see a little bit more of that sort of work as long as they don't hide them on the far field like they did last year. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed, right? Um, Jay Diaz asks how the linebackers are looking. I've been impressed. Um, I, I was pretty surprised to see Rayshon Evans getting as much work as he did. Um, I figured he would be the one that kind of got subbed out more because of his limitations in coverage. But honestly, like, Rayshon Evans is playing the most snaps of any of the linebackers. Michael Walker probably playing the second most snaps. And then Nick Kwiatkowski playing the third most. You know, we'll see if that changes. They were, they were all rotating in frequently. Um, if they ever play a three linebacker set, like three off-ball linebackers, they would all three be on the field. Uh, I did think like Nate Lamon looked good. You could tell that he's not as athletic as Troy Anderson, <laughs> but I think he he's very smart and instinctual. He knows where he's supposed to be. That's just a really good recipe for a depth linebacker. I think that if and Dorian Etheridge too, honestly, like that's a that's a really tough battle. It reminds me of like Errol Thompson, you know, versus Dorian Etheridge last year, and you know it may come down to special teams once again. Um, you know, right now, I, I you know, I w- it's tough to name a favorite because I think Dorian Etheridge has looked good, um, and he has that year of experience with the team. So maybe you could say slightly the advantage goes to Dorian Etheridge because I assume that Deion Jones will get cut. And if Deion Jones get, gets cut and they keep five linebackers, one of these UDFAs is making it. It's either going to be Dorian Etheridge or Nate Lamb, and it's a tough battle. I like them both right now. Um, and I think the other three linebackers have looked pretty good. Um, so... Am I seeing a lot of Lorenzo Carter? Lorenzo Carter is playing the most of any edge. I would say Lorenzo Carter is the edge one, clearly. Um, He is playing a ton. He's playing in coverage. He's playing in run defense. He's playing in pass rush. Um, And he's good. Like, he's a good player. Uh, But again, it's tough to evaluate, you know, without full contact. Um, But Lorenzo Carter is a fixture. Like, he is a starter in the purest sense in that he's probably going to play in base, play in nickel, um, you know, drop back in coverage rush whatever whatever you want he's sort of like the swiss army knife out there um so that's a good spot for him and i like that um arnold and d'angelo malone definitely working in with the starters too um 
Ebby Katie's pretty much entirely with the starters. Malone sort of goes back and forth, but frequently is with the starters too. So those young guys are definitely getting a lot of work uh, with that starting group. Uh, is Taekwon Grant playing on the end or inside? I mean, technically, a lot of times he's playing like 3-4 defensive end, but he's inside. Like the, the outside linebacker edge guys are actually the ones on the outside. Taekwon Grant was lined up anywhere between like a 3-tech to a 5-tech alignment. Um, you know, on one, it seems like on one side, they usually have like a 3-tech. That's usually Grady Jarrett when they do that, or like a pass rushing specialist like a Vincent Taylor, Marlon Davidson, that guy. And then they have like a 5-tech, 3-4 defensive end sort of player. And then they have the two outside linebackers if they're playing that 3-4 look. I did see some, like, quasi 4-3 looks, too. You know, um, so we'll see uh, how that goes. You know, a lot of times Vincent Taylor and Davidson and, Gr- and Grady Jarrett are working in those sets. So there's going to be a lot of rotation. There's going to be a lot of sort of permutations there. But I, I think it's... Uh, I like the way it looks. I like I like the sort of scaffolding, you know, the structure they're building there. I think those guys are all um, doing a good job. Um... How's the corners looking? I mean, the, the, the coverage in general has been very good, um, you know, from the safeties to the cornerbacks. It's been solid all the way around. Um, the corners are an extension of that. You know, I think A.J. Terrell has obviously been awesome. Casey Hayward has been kind of quiet, which I think is good <laughs> for a quarterback, too. He did give up a catch today to somebody. Um, I think he gave up a catch to, like, Drake London or one of the big receivers. Um, maybe it was Brian Edwards. Uh, you know, it was a tough battle. Uh, you know, and, and Hayward just got beat on the route. Uh, I think it was one-on-ones, you know, it's just a tough, it's tough for the DBs and one-on-ones always, but, um, nothing like alarming about Hayward. He's going to be good. Terrell's going to be good. Um, Mike Ford, I, I've been happily, you know, surprised by in the slot as they Oliver's get up to speed. Um, and then you've got your safeties. Honestly, Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant have both been pretty impressive. Like I, I thought, I think both of them have looked very good. Um, what you've hoped for, certainly, if you were wanting them to be your, your week one starters, they have remained the starters all three days. Those two are playing together all the time. They will sometimes have a rotation where the two, they go out and then, you know, Dean Marlowe and Eric Harris come in together. So it seems like right now, like the plan is for Hawkins and Grant to be the two starters. And then uh, Harris and Marlowe are sort of the reserves. They may rotate in more as camp goes on or whatever, but, um, the secondary as a whole, I think, has been one of the best aspects of the team, which is what we were expecting. I think people were sort of maybe a little bit concerned about safety, but I'm, I'm, I've come away from these first first three days a lot more confident in the safety play to at least be like serviceable to good, um, as opposed to being like, oh god, there's a big problem. Um, I think that group is is going to be fine, and the corners are going to be really good. So we will see. Uh, We'll see how that how that develops, but I I think so far the secondary has been as good as we were hoping, uh, and is once again going to be the strength of the team. Hopefully the safety play you know will will go along with that this year. Um, just scroll through my stuff real quick just to make sure, but I believe that's I believe that's all my notes today. Um, yeah, what time tomorrow? I don't know if you're talking about the show or the practice. The practice is bright and early. The practice is going to start at like you know nine thirty again or whatever. Um. I'll try to do the show again at eight, you know, as usual. Um, that seems to be a good time in terms of what time I finally finish uploading my like 3000 clips and finishing the notes and all that stuff. Um, so just pencil in eight, you know, it may be a little bit later if I need the extra time, but, um, I think probably around eight is good. Um, and then yeah, bright and early I'll be there in the morning. Make sure you guys say hi, 
if you're there uh you know you can yell at me on the sidelines i won't i won't be embarrassed you know you guys can you know shout shout me out you know to all the media members that be like oh that nobody else is calling you know my name as media you know so you can make them feel really self-conscious um <laughs> jay yeah jay says i'll be on time tomorrow good good you know it's you're gonna get a demerit if you don't show up on time. <laughs> fun show guys thank you for coming on um i'm enjoying doing these uh a little bit of a stream of consciousness thing i think tomorrow we'll have either will or adnan or maybe both I don't know if we're gonna be able to do a live recording just because I have to bring all this like equipment to do that. Um, you know, I love my new laptop to death. My new laptop is awesome. It's a beast, all this stuff. It does not have a built-in webcam, which I'm fine with because I would never want to use that anyway, but it doesn't mean I have to like lug around my webcam. I have to lug around my like, you know, ring light that's up here. I got to get my microphone. Um, I should post a, you know, a, a shot of my like mobile setup because I have a portable monitor you know, I'll, I'll, you guys can take a look at this. This, I, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by it myself. So you, you guys got, uh, so we got, you know, I got my, uh, my laptop here, and then we got the portable monitor, and then I got, you know, wait, hold on, ah, there's my ring light. You know, so there's like a, this is like a whole like setup. So I got to like take that. You know, I've, I've set a certain expectation for the quality of the show, so I got to like take that stuff wherever we go. So that that may or may not come to fruition, but we should at least get them on the show, um, get some some takes together. Um, it's actually not that bad, Corey. It all, uh, it all fits in one carry-on in my backpack. Uh, you know, I'm very efficient. Uh, I got, you know, the, the little portable monitor, like, goes flat. It's not like a full computer monitor. It, like, folds flat. You can just put it in, like, one of those little laptop pouches. Um, and then I have, you know, my, my laptop's like a 14-inch laptop. It fits right in my backpack. Um, you know, so I don't even need to check a bag. It just goes right in the carry-on. So it's all very, you know, I got a system here. I got a system. After the Senior Bowl, we had a, we had some technical difficulties, and I, I really overhauled everything. And, you know, a lot of that thanks go to, goes to you guys for, you know, you patrons. Like, you know, I don't just, like, go splurge that patron, Patreon money on, you know, wings and beer. You know, some of it definitely goes to wings and beer. But um, a lot of it goes to the equipment, to upgrading the show, to, to getting new programs, you know, the, the Google Hangouts. Uh, the premium for that, you know, so we can have the high quality guest appearances in here. Um, so that's, you know, your money is going to somewhat to good use, you know, let's not get carried away. Sometimes I want to buy Steam games, you know, or, or like I said, wings and beer. Uh, but, you know, I do try to keep keep using it and reinvesting it in the show. And, you know, the tips I do share with the, uh, the co-host as well. Um, during the fundraiser, it goes to the fundraiser. I've tried to make that clear. So there's no, you know, sketchiness going on here. But um, yeah, the co-hosts do get a cut of stuff too. So, you know, I, I try to, to, to share the wealth and, and share the love. And you guys have done that for me. Help me share the love here. Um, uh, unfortunately, the podcast audience won't get the full uh, beauty of seeing the whole setup here. But if you guys are interested, uh, it's right about, like, I would say, like, 117 or so in the video recording. So if you want to, like, go back and watch, you know, to, to get a look at it, um, then you can do so. But we appreciate all you podcast listeners as well everyone for tuning in like i said before like and subscribe uh that really helps us out leave a comment after the show's over even if it's something silly uh that is important for the algorithm i you know don't ask me to you know explain why google does anything that they do um oh yeah sorry the funding is like really small to make it look but we're at 272 out of 500 uh so that's 54 percent um so we're, we're we're coming along uh we got four more shows at, at camp tomorrow monday tuesday i don't know if i'll actually have the final one on wednesday it might be on thursday um but that will be the final part of the fundraiser so we do have time uh and you guys have been doing great um 
so we really appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're well underway, uh, and we're we're off and running here at camp too. So <laughs> Corey's like, oh yeah, Kevin can't get back to New York if you don't if you don't fund it. Unfortunately, I can't make that claim because I already bought the round trip ticket. So you know that would I can't I can't make that claim. But you know, uh, if, if whatever whatever helps, right? Whatever whatever helps you know get you on the donation train. But no, it's it's totally optional, guys. I I do really appreciate it. I appreciate all the support, though. Um, everyone who comments, everyone who retweets and likes and follows and all that good stuff. Um, so whatever you could do, this money's tight now. I get it. Like, it's, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be upset. You know, don't feel, like, obligated to do so. But if you if you want to, it, the option is there. We appreciate it. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll just keep bringing you all this glorious Falcons coverage. More tomorrow. Um, football's almost here. Like J.D. has said, smell football right around the corner. It is. It is right there. Um and where we're ramping things up, uh, today's practice was a little bit more energetic, a little bit closer to contact. I think tomorrow we might see more of that too. They want to put on a show for the fans. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There could be some fireworks. So thank you guys once again for tuning in tonight. Uh, I will see you guys tomorrow early on Twitter. And then again, tomorrow night at 8 PM Eastern Saturday for the next Falcoholic live day four practice recap. Thank you guys for 201 great episodes. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, guys, have a great night. Get some sleep. See you at the branch tomorrow. Until then, have a great night, guys. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.